Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible. New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188. All rights reserved. Today is April 12th, 2023. My name is Bill and this is Bible in a Year with Bill. Today we're on day 102 of our journey through the New Living Translation version of the Bible and we will be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 13. Then we're going to jump over to 1 Chronicles and read more names in 1 Chronicles chapters 2 and 3. And then we're going to finish off today's reading with 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So let's get right into it. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 42 years. Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel and sent the rest of the men home. He took 2,000 of the chosen men with him to Michmash and the hill country of Bethel. The other 1,000 went with Saul's son Jonathan to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. Soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the garrison of Phil Philistines at Geba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines, so Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land, saying, Hebrews, hear this, rise up and revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistine garrison at Geba, and that the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him and welcome him, but Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, The Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Samuel then left Gilgal and went on his way, but the rest of the troops went with Saul to meet the army. They went up from Gilgal to Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. When Saul counted the men who were still with him, he found only 600 were left. Saul and Jonathan and the troops with them were staying at Geba in the land of Benjamin. 
The Philistines set up their camp at Michmash. Three raiding parties soon left the camp of the Philistines. One went north toward Ophrah in the land of Shual, another went west to Beth Horon, and the third moved toward the border above the valley of Zeboim, near the wilderness. There were no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in these days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear they would make swords and spears for the Hebrews. So whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plowshares, picks, axes, or sickles, they had to take them to a Philistine blacksmith. The charges were as follows. A quarter of an ounce of silver for sharpening a plowshare or a pick, and an eighth of an ounce for sharpening an axe or making the point of an ox goad. So on the day of the battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear, except for Saul and Jonathan. The pass at Michmash had, meanwhile, been secured by a contingent of the Philistine army. First Chronicles, Chapter 2 The sons of Israel were Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. Judah had three sons from Bathshua, a Canaanite woman. Their names were Ur, Onan, and Shelah. But the Lord saw that the oldest son, Ur, was a wicked man, so he killed him. Later, Judah had twin sons from Tamar, his widowed daughter-in-law. Their names were Perez and Zerah. So Judah had five sons in all. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Zerah were Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Calcol, and Darda, five in all. The son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, was Achan, who brought disaster on Israel by taking plunder that had been set apart for the Lord. The son of Ethan was Azariah. The sons of Hezron were Jeremiel, Ram, and Caleb. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon, a leader of Judah. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse's first son was Eliab, his second was Aminadab, his third was Shemiah, his fourth was Nethanel, his fifth was Radai, his sixth was Ozem, and his seventh was David. Their sisters were named Zeruiah and Abigail. Zeruiah had three sons named Abishai, Joab, and Asahel. Abigail married a man named Jether, an Ishmaelite, and they had a son named Amasa. Hezron's son Caleb had sons from his wife Azubah and from Jerioth. Her sons were named Jeshur, Shobab, and Ardon. After Azubah died, Caleb married Ephrathra, Ephratha, and they had a son named Hur. Hur was the father of Uri. Uri was the father of Bezalel. When Hezron was sixty years old, he married Gilead's sister, the daughter of Machir. They had a son named Segub. Segub was the father of Jair, who ruled twenty-three towns in the land of Gilead. But Geshur and Arab, Aram captured the towns of Jair, and also took Kinath and its sixty surrounding villages. All these were descendants of Machir, the father of Gilead. Soon after Hezron died in the town of Caleb, Caleb Ephathra, Ephratha, his wife gave Abijah, his wife Abijah gave birth to a son named Ashur, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jeremiel, the oldest son of Hezron, were Ram, the firstborn, Buna, Oren, Ozem, and Ahijah. Jeremiel had a second wife named Atera. She was the mother of Onam. The sons of Ram, the eldest son of Jeremiel, were Meaz, Jamin, and Iker. The sons of Onan were Shammai and Jada. 
The sons of Shammai were Nadab and Abishur. The sons of Abishur and his wife were Abihail, were Abhand and Molid. The sons of Nadab were Seled and Apayim. Seled died without children, but Apayim had a son named Ishi. The son of Ishi was Shishan. Shishan had a descendant named Ahlai. The sons of Jada, Shammai's brother, were Jether and Jonathan. Jether died without children, but Jonathan had two sons named Peleth and Zaza. These were all descendants of Jeremiel. Shishan had no sons, though he did have daughters. He also had an Egyptian servant named Jarha. Shishan gave one of his daughters to be the wife of Jarha, and they had a son named Atai. Atai was the father of Nathan. Nathan was the father of Zabad. Zabad was the father of Ephlal. Ephlal was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jehu. Jehu was the father of Azariah. Azariah was the father of Helez. Helez was the father of Eliasa. Eliasa was the father of Sismai. Sismai was the father of Shalom. Shalom was the father of Jechemiah. Jechemiah was the father of Elishama. The descendants of Caleb, the brother of Jeremiel, included Misha, the firstborn, who became the father of Ziph. Caleb's descendants also included the sons of Merashah, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron were Korah, Tapua, Rechem, and Shema. Shema was the father of Raham. Raham was the father of Jorkim. Rechim was the father of Shammai. The son of Shammai was Maon. Maon was the father of Bethzur. Caleb's concubine Ephah gave birth to Haran, Moza, and Gazez. Haran was the father of Gazez. The sons of Jadai were Regem, Jotham, Gishan, Pelet, Ephah, and Sheaf. Another of Caleb's concubines, Meachah, gave birth to Sheber and Terhana. She also gave birth to Sheaf, the father of Madmana, and Shiva, the father of Machbina and Gibeah. Caleb also had a daughter named Aksa. These were all descendants of Caleb. The sons of Hur, the oldest son of Caleb's wife Ephratha, were Shobal, the founder of Kiriath-Jerim, Salma, the founder of Bethlehem, and Haref, the founder of Beth-Gader. The descendants of Shobal, the founder of Kiriath-Jerim, were Heroe, half the Manahathites, and the families of Kiriath-Jerim, the Ithrites, Puthites, Shumathites, and Mishrahites from whom came the people of Zorah and Eshtaol. The descendants of Salma were the people of Bethlehem, the Netophathites, Erath Beth Joab, the other half of the Mahanathites, the Zorats, Zorites, and the families of scribes living at Jabez, the Tirathites, Shimeathites, and Sukkothites. All these were Kenites who descended from Hamath, the father of the family of Rechab. First Chronicles chapter 3 these are the sons of David who were born in Hebron. The oldest was Amnon, whose mother was Ahinoam from Jezreel. The second was Daniel, whose mother was Abigail from Carmel. The third was Absalom, whose mother was Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. The fourth was Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith. The fifth was Shephatiah, whose mother was Abital. The sixth was Ithriam, whose mother was Igla, David's wife. These six sons were born to David in Hebron, where he reigned seven and a half years. Then David reigned another thirty-three years in Jerusalem. The sons born to David in Jerusalem included Shamua, Shobab, Nathan, and Solomon. Their mother was Bathsheba, the daughter of Amiel. David also had nine other sons, Ibhar, Elishua, Elpelet, Noga, Nepheg, Jephiah, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphelet. 
These were the sons of David, not including his sons born to his concubines. Their sister was named Tamar. The descendants of Solomon were Rehoboam, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Ahaziah, Joash, Amaziah, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Amon, and Josiah. The sons of Josiah were Johanan, the oldest, Jehoiakim, the second, Zedekiah, the third, and Jehoahaz, the fourth. The successors of Jehoiakim were his son Jehoiakim and his brother Zedekiah. The sons of Jehoiakim, who was taken prisoner by the Babylonians, were Shealtiel, Malkiram, Pedaiah, Shenazar, Jechamiah, Hoshama, and Nedabiah. The sons of Pedaiah were Zerubbabel and Shimei. The sons of Zerubbabel were Meshulam and Hananiah. Their sister was Shilomith. His five other sons were Hashubah, Ohel, Barakiah, Hasadiah, and Jeshab Hesed. The sons of Hananiah were Pelatiah and Jeshaiah. Jeshaiah's sons were Rephaiah, or Jeshaiah's son was Rephaiah. Rephaiah's son was Arnon. Arnon's son was Obadiah. Obadiah's son was Shechaniah. The descendants of Shechaniah were Shemaiah and his sons, Hattush, Igal, Beriah, Neariah, and Shaphat, six in all. The sons of Neariah were Elioenai, Hizkiah, and Azrikam, three in all. The sons of Elioenai were Hodaviah, Eliashib, Pelaiah, Akub, Johanan, Delaiah, and Anani, seven in all. 2 Corinthians Chapter 12 This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven fourteen years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You have made me act like a fool. You ought to be writing commendations for me, for I am not at all inferior to these super apostles, even though I am nothing at all. When I was with you, I certainly gave you proof that I am an apostle, for I patiently did many signs and wonders and miracles among you. The only thing I failed to do, which I do in the other churches, was to become a financial burden to you. Please forgive me for this wrong. Now I am coming to you for the third time, and I will not be a burden to you. I don't want what you have. I want you. 
After all, children don't provide for their parents. Rather, parents provide for their children. I will gladly spend myself and all I have for you, even though it seems that the more I love you, the less you love me. Some of you admit I was not a burden to you, but others still think I was sneaky and took advantage of you by trickery. But how? Did any of the men I sent to you take advantage of you? When I urged Titus to visit you and sent our, brother, our other brother with him, did Titus take advantage of you? No, for we have the same spirit and walk in each other's steps, doing things the same way. Perhaps you think we're saying these things just to defend ourselves. No, we tell you this as Christ's servants and with God as our witness. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. For I am afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find and you won't like my response. I am afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Yes, I am afraid that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence. And I will be grieved because many of you have not given up your old sins. You have not repented of your impurity, sexual immorality, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. It seems many people dream of being rich and famous. Who wouldn't? Being able to drive whatever kind of car you want, not need to worry about paying bills, hiring someone to take care of all those daily inconveniences like cooking, cleaning, driving yourself places, etc. But... It is very difficult to become rich and famous without it going to your head. We hear stories about rock stars and performers who demand the crusts being cut off their sandwiches in the change room backstage or certain color curtains in the tour bus. Somehow fame changes people. All of a sudden they start to think of themselves as better than normal folks. Saul definitely let fame get to his head. Samuel was running a little bit late, so Saul took it upon himself to perform the sacrifices to God that only Samuel was entrusted by God to perform. That takes a lot of nerve. I'm sure Saul was familiar with what happened in the past to Israelites who took God's laws for granted. This was definitely the beginning of the end for King Saul. Thanks for joining me here today on Bible in a Year with Bill. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.